Hello and welcome to Setting the Scheme. I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. And Elijah, I, I think you're moving or something this week. And that's and that's it. That's yep. it. Just See you, folks. Time. It's just us. I have a good night. Thanks for coming. Oh, wait. I actually have someone right next to me. Oh, oh okay. On the podcast. Oh. Macy. <laughs> Hi, it's Macy. Hi, Macy. Um, glad to be here. I'm an active listener. Mm-hmm. And unlike this super silent film, we're about to talk up a storm. There we are. <laughs> silent film? What in the world did we watch, Tristan? Well, I'm glad you asked. We watched uh, 2011's The Artist. Um, this is a, a silent film. Uh, whoa, they don't make those anymore, do they? Well, they, have. <laughs> they made one, turns out. Um, this is uh, by director, um, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Mi- mi- uh, Michelle ha- Hazan- Hazanavicus. Hazanavicus. Hazanavicius. Michelle Haz- Hazanavicius. <laughs> Mikkel whatever I'm sure it's one of those um he's the director and writer he is french i'm sorry um starring jean dujardin who's also a french actor who has some notoriety that i i don't don't watch french films uh bernice bejo uh who is the uh the female lead and then uh uh, John Goodman. You've all know John Goodman is the he's the uh, producer slash leader of this uh, of this thing that they all work for. Um, and then, of course, you may have seen a little guy named Malcolm McDowell pops in for a cameo real quick. He was in a movie we did last week. Yeah, we watched a movie with him in it last week with uh, Time After Time. And then Missy Pyle, who was in, uh, I don't know, she was in the newer version of um, Willy Wonka as Violet's mom. Um, I actually recognized her. Yeah, she has, um, I would say, beady eyes. Not in a bad way, but... Yeah, and then there's uh, Ed Lauder, Lauder, who has been in, like, some indie films back in the 80s and 70s. He played Clifton. So, uh, yeah. Or no, no, James Cromwell played Clifton. Whoops, wrong guy. So anyway, uh, anyways, looking at uh, some ratings for this movie. Uh, naturally, since this movie won, you know, best picture uh, in the Oscars, you can imagine it's probably pretty well reviewed, and I can confirm that for you. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 95 percent on the tomato meter, eighty-seven percent in the audience score, uh, seven point nine out of ten on IMDb, eighty-nine percent on Metacritic, uh, three point nine out of five stars on Google. Uh, so uh, generally people like this movie uh, now I know Macy and I have not seen this but Tristan you've seen this before right yeah I saw it last year uh, when I wanted to get real sad one day oh, man. Um, I didn't really I just I, you know it's it's a critically acclaimed film and it was on Netflix and uh, I was looking at something to watch and I was looking through my list that I save, you know, you save something on Netflix. I was like, I don't want to watch any of these. Why did I save all of these things? I don't want to watch any of them. So then the trying. artist, then the artist appear like a guardian angel, like in the movie. And <laughs> um, and and I watched it, and it was wonderful, and I cried a lot. And I saw that like a year ago, probably. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my experience. Close to the top of your favorite films list, right? Not top ten, but kind of close. Yes, number 24. I meditated on it for a little while and then I added it right. to that list. I'm curious to know what parts of the movie made you cry originally, but... We'll get into it. I know, I was about to say, you can tell me later. <laughs> we'll talk about it, yeah. Well, the uh, end. If talking about the film, uh, Tristan, what happens in this film? Well, let's see. You've got George Valentin, who is a silent film actor. Um, he is really popular at the beginning. Everyone loves him and he loves it um and he uh he's um he comes across this woman who like stumbles through the crowd and bumps into him um and just so happens to keep crossing paths and eventually she ends up at the studio he works at and she gets the job as an actress and slowly builds her way up as as he kind of you know is a little bit of a mentor to her 
um, and as, as a friend and um, eventually talkies come. So sound is now in movies <laughs> and she is all for it and he is all against it. So the studio basically kicks him out, keeps her. And uh, yeah, he falls into despair. The movie happens with that in mind. And, uh, and she returns for a friend at the end and I'll, I'll let you guys watch the rest because i don't want to spoil it um i would also now. interject and say <laughs> uh he was a flirty friend and um definitely a friend friend if you know what i'm saying i am also actively winking as i say friend friend he he was flirty yes i think that's just i think that was more of a uh era choice like how i think that was just an acting thing of the era like actors would just look very dramatic and women had a very specific way of like i don't know if you remember in the scene towards the end where she's like it's it's either the both of us or none of us and she's like standing there and all the guys are like oh, i don't know about this and she like keeps flinching you know <laughs> yeah she's like kind of shimmy or something yeah yeah, yeah. not flinching who <laughs> flinches to be cute i don't know it's flinching i don't know what do you it's one of those what, what do you want to call I have it never flinched moving quickly cute. shaking i would say I shimmy shimmy well yeah sure <laughs> in any case um she's doing that and that, and I, th I think it's you know there's quite a few things in this movie where it's like okay yeah i get it this movie's trying to be a little cheesy a little like this is clearly the 20s and this is a movie you know that's based in that era so a lot of the films in that time people were or actors were given direction to um be a certain way and that way is evident in this film I'm, i don't i don't want to go through every mannerism but mm -hmm. um watch watch at least one or two movies from 1920 to 1940 and you'll see what i mean yeah definitely so yeah all right well let's uh dive on in and uh i do want to say uh if you heard what tristan said earlier about not spoiling the movie well i have some unfortunate news for you we're <laughs> fixing to spoil the movie because uh -oh. yeah. it's a movie review podcast surprise so if you Turn haven't seen now the movie, go watch it yeah and then come back and listen. or just listen yeah we're entertaining not too <laughs> hmm. yeah so, uh, well these characters uh you've got your main two characters you've got george and um what was the peppy story? peppy mm -hmm. mm. let's get right into george how about that all right sounds good uh i will go ahead and uh, open up this can of worms oh man <laughs> uh, because i know that um once again i will probably have the unpopular opinion um i did not hate this movie I'd want to preface that. Hey, neither did I. I, I want, did not. I want to preface we everything I'm about opinion. to say <laughs> by saying that I did not hate this movie. Mm. However, Ooh. I did not like George. Um, I think I understand that his mental state deteriorates throughout the film. Um, and that is a horrible situation to be in. However, um, I think a lot of what happened to him he kind of brought on himself by being arrogant and stubborn and refusing to um, grow with the um industry with the industry because instead of being open to opportunities and saying hey here's this new thing let me try it out he's like no i want no part of that this is me this is who i am and if you don't like that you can get over it mm. yeah George is a prideful man, no yes, doubt. Yes, he is. And, and that irks me so much. And he, um, you know, he, he genuinely, when he, there's, there's a, it's a really good scene, I think, when they're in the little uh, viewing room mm -hmm. watching the test for the, one of the talkies. Mm -hmm. um, and he's laughing. Yeah. Because I, I, we don't know really why, but for whatever reason, he thinks it's funny. And everyone else in the room is like, this is awesome. This is like the new thing, you know? Um, and he's just, he's just, he's like, he's not really paying. It's not showing anyone else in the room that much. It's just showing him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so he's just focused on himself. He thinks this is, this is hilarious. It's not until he gets up and looks around and he's like, oh, no one else here is laughing. 
and he's like don't you guys can you guys believe this and everyone's just like yeah it's it's great it's this is the future says john goodman and um and george is like well no i i don't this isn't me this isn't what i what i do i i you know i can't get on board with this and uh he he leaves and then they end up firing him because I assume they just don't want to work with him if he's going to be like that. Which so, is perfectly understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he showed a bunch of, um, in that sense, like towards the beginning, as y'all were talking about, he just showed qualities of like being unteachable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, of course, prideful, as like I think we've mentioned, but if you're not going to be adaptable and willing to understand a different point of view, I mean, then what are you doing? And I know we're just talking about him adapting to a new type of movie style, but that's just an important thing to have in general. And Mm -hmm. he just seemed very closed off, very, very arrogant, um, full of himself. He was very, sorry, I'm really ragging on him right now. Oh gosh. But he was, uh, he tried to like kind of steal away the spotlight from his co-star at the beginning Mm -hmm. and he wanted all the glory for himself and he, he didn't treat his wife well and she eventually ended up like leaving him and it was just this whole thing Mm -hmm. and he seemed very unaware of anyone else's reality or feelings or I don't know I, I, that I disagree with you on. Okay. At the beginning though. Okay. Wow. Okay. So he was nice to Peppy for a minute, told her about how to get into the industry. Um, but otherwise he just was soaking in the fact that everybody was like waiting on him hand and foot and was going to do anything for him because he was George Valentin or mm-hmm. Valentin. Yeah. I said to myself. Sure. <laughs> he, so he is, he's, I mean, he's all the things you guys are talking about. And I agree with you on that, except for, I don't think that he is the worst, um, which is a which is an interesting place to start from. Okay, <laughs> that I've said it. Um, I think he has. I think he has redeeming qualities in that he. I mean, he he sees. It, it's pretty clear that the first time, and there's the whole scene of him, the dancing scene where he runs into Peppy in, in that one film he's making with her. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves her. Like it's, it's a love at first sight thing. And he does not, not, I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying he doesn't love his wife. And so, but, but we see a love there that still exists for someone else other than himself. And that's for Peppy. We see that love in his dog as well. He loves his dog. We see that love with Clifton. He loves Clifton. He, he cares about people. He cares about himself and he cares about his stuff, but I mean, and the stuff part, as time goes on, he doesn't anymore because he has to sell it, I guess. But eventually it's like, he care. I, I think he cares about people. And that to me is what humanizes him. That's what I hold on to through all the pridefulness and the jerk that he can be. He, he's still a human. And I see those human qualities in him. He's just really, really far gone to a prideful place. But I think throughout the movie, we see these different things. And eventually at the end, we see someone who's not really redeemed fully. We see someone who has started on that path because of someone that he gave an ounce of help to, someone that he gave an ounce of love to, which was Peppy. And that, per- that, little, that little blossom of love just grew into a wonderful tree that eventually scooped him up too. And he even he didn't even realize that that that's what he had done, and in the end, with in doing that, the love that he had showed someone just a little bit ended up saving himself, even if he didn't mean for it to. That was a wonderful soundbite. <laughs> yeah, I will agree. I forgot about Clifton for a second, and I do think that he dearly valued and loved Clifton. I mean, at first, yeah, I do think he was very caught up in his own ways and his own needs and desires and all that. But he, 
And I think he enjoyed Clifton's companionship, which is probably why he kept him around for a year after not being able well, to. Clifton stayed around. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but it and was. You just... saw that with him waking up that for, over that night and just seeing if Clifton was still there, you know? Yeah, that loyalty. I do think that they had a very, that was one thing that really did kind of, kind of give me personally a glimpse of hope for um, George's character or George, I guess, was the character because mm-hmm. of his relationship with Clifton. I don't really know if I would call um, him, uh, what's that whenever you're gazing at someone? Goggling? Is that the word? Gawking? Gawking. Oh, gosh. I think he was gawking at Peppy. I don't think Mm. he was saying, oh, I admire, respect, and love you. I think he was saying, that lady has a nice set of legs, and Mm. she is shaking him around. Oh, it's the 20s, those ankles. That's what I thought. I I, I mean, I I guess I can't really refute that. Um, I I don't know what he thought internally of her like other than like she is attractive but we did see an intimate moment between between them where he he was like you know in this sort of business you need something that sets you apart and he gave her that little mole on her cheek and it's like other than the i'm gonna go out on a whim here other than the usual dramatics of a 20s film or a 30s film or a romantic era film where everyone is just romantic because that's how movies were made, mm-hmm. there, there was not a whole lot of this is someone that I am like attracted to in the way that you would do that to someone you want to like get married to or what whatever, you know, like. I saw a, a friendship attraction that was that was steeped in this like old style of, of storytelling and old style of acting that really, I think, made it look that way. And I, I can never tell the intentions. I'm not the director or writer, but as a, as a viewer, that's what I got out of it. And that's that was my impression that it wasn't exactly like you you, you are someone who like wants to like fall in love with this person it's like but there's a there is a love there but it's not the love that i'm i think so i'm gonna slightly disagree with you here i don't think it's necessarily that like he saw her and like fell in love with her but it's very clear that he was in a loveless marriage and i think when he saw her he was immediately attracted to her and was definitely playing it up and then the thing that changed it was when they uh when he walked into the dressing room when she's doing the weird thing with his coat uh and then uh what's his name the butler clifton when clifton walks in and says hey i got essentially says hey i got this for your wife and she's like oh this guy's married uh but you kind of see the expression on both of their faces like they were interested in each other yeah Yeah. like it wasn't just friendship that turned into something like no they were both actively interested in each other yeah she longingly looked back at him Mm -hmm. and i've mentioned it ben i was like girl you better not. I was so upset with her. I was like, you just found out this man who's trying to play you mm-hmm. and get with you is married. So number one, he is off the table, not available for you. Number two, he's willing to cheat on somebody he made a covenant with. You need to be thankful that you found out now and you better turn around and walk away quickly. This, Don't look back is, longingly. <laughs> this is a good segue to talk about Peppy. Oh, that's true. Um, oh, Peppy girl. So in the scene you're talking about, that is that's that's a really good point like that is a that's a that's a shift between these two characters relationship um and it's a very clear one in that she didn't know that he was married before obviously and then finds out from clifton's gift um and then you know you see what happens she Mm -hmm. walks out and i i I don't know if that was her saying like "Mm, let me get some of that man as she turns around i don't think that was what she was going for I think that was her saying like I, th- I think there were a lot of emotions there going on inside her mind and I think one of the prevalent ones was I really I, I really have feelings for this guy but he's married why didn't I know why didn't why wasn't this talked about like why you know like it, I think it was more of a this is something I'm sad about rather than I'm gonna like do something devious or something you know i don't think it was i don't want to miscommunicate or anything i don't think she was deviously looking back at him in a longing way 
I meant more as in like an emotional longing, kind of, kind of what you're saying. Like she wishes that it could work and like she's mm. longing after being with him and having whatever relationship that may have happened, you know, whatever connection was there. And I don't know. I think, sorry, soapbox. I just think um, women shouldn't put up with bull crap. <laughs> I think they should uh, have Not high that. standards and walk away when there's a red flag and understand that they dodged a bullet, sweetheart. Boom. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get, <laughs> I, I didn't get that for, uh, after that scene. No, yeah. I didn't like get that from her. Like, no, I didn't either. It was before I knew her very well and before the character developed. I was just saying like, girl, you better yeah. not look back, you know? I mean, that's a good point though. Like in general, I think, yeah. That's that's something you see in a lot of classic films that is like a trope of the era, you know? Very true. Um, hmm. But I, I think as she develops though, she's, she, you know, l- like I said before, like she takes what George kind of gives her like this little piece of advice and it just keeps growing and she keeps growing as a performer and like in fame and popularity and all that stuff. Um, and she really, I think, I think it's the scene where um, she goes to do the interview in the restaurant and he's sitting behind her and she, she says these things that George hears and he lets her know that he was sitting there and, you know, I heard you. Why did you say this about me? Um, I think that is the point where Pepe like actually grasps his situation as like, this is a man who needs help. Like he's broken. This is not going to go well for him. He has rejected the new technology of his industry. Like he's, he's not going anywhere. So I can be cordial. I can be kind to him as best as I can, but someone's got to look out for him because he's not looking out for himself. And he has no one around him who's looking out for him except for his dog, <laughs> who is a dog and can't talk, <laughs> as he says in the movie. I mean, to be fair, no one really talks in this movie. That is true. Well, except the last like minute. Yeah. God Goodman and George. Say, yeah. <laughs> I'll say that I love Peppy. I love her. I love her development. I love mm, how me too. hardworking she is and how she does take that tiny little nugget of information. And she's like, you know what? This is advice from an expert and I'm going to run with it. Yeah. And she works hard and she goes to auditions and you see her. Oh, it made me so happy. You see her slowly make her way up on like the credits list until she's the headliner. And mm-hmm. I'm just like just freaking out over here, like go Peppy. <laughs> and she just, and it's it's interesting because at first it doesn't hit George's radar. He's still very busy with his own life and own career before talkies become a thing. Number one, I love that they're called talkies. I laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she she kind of hits the top right when he is being let go. So I don't know, but just not even to focus on him anymore at the moment. Maybe we'll get back to him. But like. I'm just so proud of her and her work. And as you said, she chose to be a friend and mm-hmm. she chose to be helpful. And like, um, at some point, George, he never went and got a job um, to pay any of his bills or anything. He just kept randomly pawning off things. And then eventually he went to go auction all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, um, she bought everything. She bought everything. And it was number one, so he could get money and stuff. But like, also it was this protective security, I guess. Yeah, the guardian angel. Yeah. And one of the titles of the films. Little marquees. Yeah. And it was was really cool that she, even when he was so unaware of it because he had no idea she did that. And she was being, it was like a thankless help as well, which is really difficult to do and to Mm. be fueled on, you know, especially over probably years. and she just kept going and kept being a faithful friend from a distance and eventually, you know, rushed to his side in a time of need, but, mm-hmm. um, and then provided for him was someone to talk to, was someone to help him figure out how to find a passion and purpose again. I love Peppy and I keep wanting to call her Pepper. <laughs> I think that's my favorite thing in this movie 
it stems from their relationship and ultimately their characters and how they are, which is why I, I just love both their characters a lot. Just ha- like how they are, what happens with them. But the thing I love about this movie is how well it illustrates a being a friend from afar and being available to someone, even though they are going through things that you can't, you can't be there to, to there's nothing you can say to some people or nothing you can do to help them to be better, especially with someone so prideful as George. There's nothing she could say or help with him. She just had to be there to help fix it when things broke with him. And she knew they would because she started seeing all this stuff break. And she was there every time she was there. And that is just, that is such a beautiful depiction of a friendship to me. And I haven't really seen that done in a film before. I do not like this on that. Yeah. Yeah. How loyal she was and how committed she was. And I always say that, like, even if somebody is experiencing a really, really, really low, low for, you know, a day, for a week, for months, for multiple years, I mean, if you have that true, you know, love for that person, whether it be, you know, romantic or friendship or family or anything like that, I mean, you'll be there and it will be difficult and it won't be satisfying necessarily. And I'm sure she felt lonely and devastated. She had hard nights, you know, within this time frame. I mean, we didn't get to see any of that, but you could only assume, I mean, she, if we're going to assume they're only friends, I mean, either way, she still has those deep feelings for him and cares about him. Um, and she's not getting any type of like, I don't want to say reward, but like, you know, um, fulfillment in it. Um, I mean, maybe not that either, but it's just, it's difficult for her. Cause it's like a bank account. She's depositing a lot in his and he's like withdrawing from hers and she's not getting any deposited back in hers. And mm-hmm. She's just running real low. I mean, I could only imagine, you know, but she just kept going, as you said, which could be unhealthy. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. could be long yeah, run. Sure. Yeah, anything um, could be unhealthy. But in this scenario, I do think it was done. I do think it was portrayed in a healthy way as a truly good friend who kept healthy boundaries and was there when he needed her, even if he didn't want to need her, you know? Yeah, I think a really important scene is when he is brought back to her uh, house and he stays in her like extra bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, there, there's like one or two moments where she's like, you could tell she loves this man, mm-hmm. but, it, but it wasn't like ever like I did this because I want to kiss him or like, I think he's gorgeous or whatever, you know? It's like, I did this because I genuinely just have a love for this human. Yeah. Like, I care about it. Like, that kind of love, you know? And being around him, like, brought her joy. Did you see how excited she got anytime she was, like, near him? Yes. And the the look of euphoria that she had on her face whenever she saw him awake, that was amazing. And And that stuff, and going back to the beginning, even though he is prideful in what he does... There, there's it's still obvious that he loves what he does and Absolutely. and he cares about it too you know and so I think that is really what she took away from him as a as an artist as the artist and um she <laughs> sorry <laughs> and she uh she just go she goes with that you know All right. Uh, let's uh, kind of shift a little bit. Um, so this is a silent movie about silent movies. <laughs> it's an interesting choice. Um, I think it's a good one because uh, why would you do a, a talkie about a silent film? <laughs> a talkie. Have you have you seen? Um, Probably have you seen Seen in the Rain. No. Nope. Oh. Okay. Well, that's what that is. So. Well. All right. <laughs> it's very very popular. Apparently, it's it's kind of like this. It's like a, a an actor who did silent films and he's going into the talkie industry and he's like, "What? This won't ever work." 
I like how we're all using the word talkie as a serious uh that's a real term that's what they were called back yes but it's funny (laughs) um I think it's really personally smart or personally I think it's smart that they used um a silent film to depict the era of silent films and that transition to talkies and the struggle he had and it was like you got to experience it and not just kind of like hear about it or I don't know it really put you in a place where it was kind of I'm not gonna say like walking in his shoes but you were already in this mindset of experiencing the world with him and it was cool it was really interesting as well um because whenever the talkies were introduced they didn't begin having a verbal um aspect to the movie it was still nonverbal. so even though talkies were around it still remained in his nonverbal world of silent movies um so you were still kind of seeing it from that point of view and i thought that was really interesting just overall i think it was really well done how they combined those two aspects to tell that story yeah that's part of the symbolism in it he mm-hmm. you know like throughout the whole and he has a dream about sounds too and like noises in film where he's just yeah, like I horrified say, that was probably like my favorite scene um, yeah it was good to like see into his psyche uh kind of as like his mental state kind of starts to deteriorate it gives you an idea of what like why he's thinking the way he is you know or where he's coming from um yeah i mean the symbolism there is he he comes from this silent film era and that's what he knows and the the movie is silent except for music until the very end where there is an an ounce of i'm back or he is back you know like he stars in this film with um forgetting her name now peppy 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 um he stars in this film with her and it's at that point where they dance together he gets it's like he gets his step back literally like he gets it back and when they're when they finish dancing and they're breathing it's like whoa are they making noise and to me when i heard that i was like he's back like my brain immediately i was like he's back like you see how happy he is you see how like how he's loving it and he's with peppy and it's like they love each other and not like in the way that like two married people love each other but they just love each other they care about each other and they want to see each other succeed and i'm like yes this is great you're back george is back and i'm like crying and uh, like i'm just like holding myself and i'm like this is wonderful and then it closes (laughs) out and i'm uh, i'm a mess so there you go holding yourself as you cry i'm so sorry i (laughs) wish we could be there to hold you So, uh, Tristan, not to uh, negate anything that you just said, oh, man. Um, but I actually kind of hated how flip of a or how quick of a flip it was that, like, I mean, he literally almost commits suicide and then she shows up and is like, oh, well, they never they don't want to see me talking in movies. And she's like, well, what if we dance and bada bing, bada boom, we solved the pull. We, we we did it. We solved the plot. Ben, says I, ben like, says, I could have gone for a two and a half hour film. I mean, <laughs> like, I guess <laughs> it, it doesn't need to be longer. But like, oh, if you solve the plot in two seconds, what was the point of the rest of the movie? We saw it. His his deterioration, his what he's struggling with. OK, and we when saw you, it very clearly laid out. Yes. And when you go that far down in your mental state, it doesn't flip that quickly <laughs> well who's to say that the next day this happened i mean it may not have but we don't we don't see it get fixed like we just see the end result and mm-hmm. i don't know it i guess you could say it left me wanting more but like it just felt like they built like they filled so much time like building up this mental deterioration and then they turn around and be like Oh, well, uh, you don't have to worry about that anymore because he's happy now and his life is great and he's back in movies and everything is great. And I'm just like, what? I do want to add to this quickly because it goes to the same 
part of the movie specifically it wasn't for me that he found this this new happy medium he he couldn't do the talkies it wasn't true to him he i kind of lost um the opportunity with the industry like he kind of burned that bridge saying like this is stupid i don't want to do this like this is a joke it isn't serious you know and so he couldn't kind of go back to that or at least he didn't feel like he could so finding that new medium of dance and having that be something where he could find himself and he could be back as you said yeah i didn't really mind that honestly too much with what Ben's talking about, to me, it was more specifically, so as Ben mentioned, um, George's character uh, hit a dark low after mm-hmm. realizing a few things. And um, I think kind of getting in this really intense state of, I mean, it was a mix of his brokenness, realizing like what he had lost. Um, I think he still had pride truly at this point he was running from things um i think he was experiencing a lot of pain and he did go back to his old apartment and he did try or he was going to attempt suicide and um peppy showed up like right whenever it was about to happen um the second it was going to happen so they do this little bait and switch where (laughs) um he's fixing to attempt and then you see a card come up on the screen that says bang yeah and And it makes you think that he did it and you're like oh well okay peppy's too late like this will have to be a sad ending the movie you know but then you see the bang was peppy's car crashing into a tree because she was just trying to hurry and get on over there Uh and for me the quick switch because i did think there was a quick switch that was a little 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 not okay with it um she comes up he is holding this gun in his hand and he she it's very clear to her that what was happening um she calls him out kind of but not in like a oh shame on you just kind of in a like george what's happening kind of thing and um he says something they're just kind of going back and forth for like 10 seconds not much time you know very little dialogue um and she laughs and he laughs and then they uh he drops the gun and he they run into each other's arms Mm -hmm. and then that's when she says like you know i have another alternative because you say you can't be in the talkies so i'm not mad at the alternative i think that was wonderful um i do like how that was the solution but i think that switch was and i know this is a theatrical movie i respect the heck out of theater i love theater i am a thespian don't come at me and um i get it but at the same time as ben said it was the almost entire movie coming up coming up coming up getting deeper getting deeper getting deeper you really do start to feel for him at that point and then he's gonna just not be cured but so drastically no i mean honestly I, i would even argue that he's cured like well i realistically though movie, he couldn't he's be. not though because he's probably know that watching the end of the movie he's, he's looks like it's going he's great the same, it's the same as when he started the the film and being this sort of like prideful guy but he's showing some humility like that's the idea is that he's back a little bit he's working on it just like we all are yeah i mean he's not the same character he was at the beginning of the film what but else? the end of the film makes it seem like oh well uh that depression that he just went through it's gone and i don't know it it felt cheap and uh, that's a it, good word it did not it did I'm not i'm so sorry that that's a really good word and i know you love this movie tristan and i actually mm-hmm. really liked this movie i did i will say i enjoyed it a lot however yeah, that did, one scene to me where it he was, was so just cheap. like oh, let me jump into your arms. I'm okay. Everything's, everything's fine. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 th- I think, I, I guess why that didn't bother me so much is because we, we don't get a hint either way, really. Like we see that he's back, like he's happy. He's dancing with Peppy. Like <laughs> put some pep in your we, step. <laughs> I mean, we, we saw that. Yeah. I mean, we, but we've seen that from him before. It's not, it's not that he ha- was wearing a t-shirt that says I'm cured of mental de- of, of depression, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's like, he, it, we, but we also don't see a t-shirt 
that says I am a sad boy either. <laughs> um, I mean, it, 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 neither one is super clear. Yeah. I think the idea is that is that the, the the overall idea of this film is that you have someone who I I I feel like I've said it at the beginning, but you have someone who he who he helped out who is continually helping him out, and at the end does one of the best things she could for him, and that little that little piece that she's able to give him, he can maybe perhaps take that now, and 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 run with that it's to me that like i see that as like a full circle complete idea complete film so like that's that's not i think that was the the idea with that that was the goal there could it have been longer sure i guess they could have like spent more time on his frown turning more upside down i don't know what i mean i don't know like i'm not a director but i'm sure they could have done it it probably was a little cheap i get i get that viewpoint but the way that I'm seeing it is is like entirely different. So I think that's why I'm thinking of it the way that I'm thinking of it. I'm glad you think of it that way. But um, and I won't argue with this or argue with you on this much longer because uh, we're starting to run long a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I just disagree. Um, I think it clearly tries to say that yeah, he's not dealing with these problems anymore. And I, well, I, I don't think, think the the movie didn't intentionally mean to be bad. Like it wasn't just like, we're just gonna, we're just gonna suck for the, for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, mean like, I don't think it sucked. I appreciate your perspective and the way that you have interpreted this movie and kind of the goal of it and the message that it's supposed to give, because I don't know. I just appreciate that because when someone else has a different understanding than me, it helps me grow my understanding, you mm -hmm. know? So I'm overall, I appreciate the view that you brought to this because I didn't pick that up originally. And I know you've seen this more than I have, and you've probably let it dissected it more than I have. And I appreciate it. So, yeah. Anywho, um, I want to briefly bring up the color scheme and the movie titles because there was more symbolism used in this movie and i think it's worth talking about before we give it a good old rating i would definitely agree with that yeah so yeah you tristan, said <laughs> tristan what were some of the movie titles that you saw because i know earlier we were talking about that and it really piqued my interest that you caught notice of that yeah, um, I, I forget the titles at the beginning of the movie for the most part, but I can give you some examples. One of them is George's own movie that he tries to make. Uh, he directs Tears of Love. Um, you know, it ends up being Peppy comes to see it and she cries at the film. It's not necessarily a sad film, I guess, he, but he, do he does die at the end, which is just unusual how the film just ends with him dying. Um, I thought that was interesting in and of itself. Like the movie that George makes ends with him dying in quicksand. Like why was that, why was that a choice he made? You know, like, I don't know, I don't know, but it just makes me think that's a separate conversation, but. Yeah, that is, cause I have thoughts on that too now. Yeah, but I mean, the movie is called Tears of Love and when she sees it, it makes her cry. And I, and I, and you know, it's part of, um, I guess it's part of the whole I'm starting to see him for who he is mm -hmm. the idea that Peppy's feeling, you know? Um, we see a movie called Guardian Angel that she's in. She ends up buying all of his stuff and looks out for him um, when he can no longer... She, yeah, he has, this, he has to auction his stuff away to, to be able to live, like afford to live. Um, and she buys it all. Guardian Angel. Um, beauty Spot. <clears throat> the movie beauty spot comes out at the same time tears of love comes out and i think that's significant because he gave for one he he gave her her beauty spot which is the whole well not the whole reason but that's the catalyst for what brought her to fame and at the same time that that movie is happening is his movie yeah so but and she chooses to go to his premiere and I, th I think it's just interesting that, you know, the beauty spot is, is just that, you know, mm -hmm. 
what's another one? Oh, uh, I think a lonely star is another film that's just kind of in the background that he, well, he's walk, he's trying to cross the street it's right after the auction. She's watching him cross the street from her car and uh, he almost gets hit by a car and he's just walking a lonely star in the background. So a lot of the, a lot of the film titles like this appear to give you hints to what's going on to, to the type of, it's telling you what the what the writer is trying to portray in this moment and the movie doesn't have dialogue other than you know some time some um some cards that come up um but otherwise it's you know you you're just you're understanding from the acting which is why it's so heavy and melodramatic because sometimes you need that when you don't have words to express what's going on you know um so but the symbolism behind that is you know it's just one of the methods that i think the director uses in this movie to really show what's happening and tell the story yeah the other one i was going to say um because you're talking about how you know dramatic it has to be to truly get across some points because it can't catch us and our attention using you know spoken language um the visuals are just so important in a silent movie and one scene that really stuck out to me was um the scene where peppy was walking up the stairs and george was walking down the stairs and it was like this three-story room essentially and the very top floor was this very 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 bright white like almost you would think angelic heavenly you know Mm -hmm. and the bottom floor it wasn't the complete opposite. It wasn't black, but it was a very dark and more somber gray, I guess. And then in the middle, of course, was just this gradient um, kind of getting lighter as it goes higher. And it's interesting because he's coming down the staircase just after being let go. And she's walking up the staircase with two other quote unquote fresh meats or whatever for this new talkie industry of talkie mm-hmm. movies. And they collide in the middle. And she and these other two people the fresh meats are dressed in this beautiful bright white clothing and they are just popping out against everything else on screen and george is dressed in this you know medium gray suit or whatever and it just kind of shows to me like his downfall and her uprising and it was and she was the thing as well she was trying to be so inviting to him in that moment and like connect with him and he I wouldn't say was like refusing it, but he was kind of being a little stuck on his own way in that moment. And it was bringing him down, you know, um, as it did uh, with his career loss and going bankrupt. And I mean, eventually having some severe mental health, you know, problems stem from the situations in his life and losing losing his career, his passion, a lot of those things. So that was a really beautiful scene to me. And I thought that was super well done. It was closer to the beginning than anything else, but the colors to me, cause it's a black and white film too. It's not like they can have vibrant poppy clothing. Um, I really loved that. What did you think? Uh, I mean, I thought it was done really well. Um, so fun fact, I actually just uh, was reading through the IMDb trivia and saw this. Uh, this film was actually shot in color uh, and then converted to black, uh, black and white, um, which I thought was interesting instead of just being shot in black and white. Ooh, that is interesting for mm-hmm. costume choice at that point mm-hmm. to know what it would translate over to mm-hmm. in black and white. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I think uh, the, the scene where they're in the staircase is, is another really good moment where Pepe is talking to George and George is, George is kind of realizing that he's kind of out. Like he just, I mean, he, he was just fired pretty much. Um, and he's feeling that way he's feeling down because of that and he sees someone go up the staircase peppy and he's like this person you know i can only imagine in his head he's thinking something like this person has a really great career ahead of them and i i I see in that moment i see that he is proud of her and 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 he you know she gives her or she gives him her phone number i think and it's like um you know we should we keep in touch or whatever and there's just a moment where I just see that he's he's like I'm out and she's in and you know that that that's a feeling that you can't exactly just say I think I think you have to see it and feel it for yourself yeah um and it, it does a good job 
it was kind of like he was accepting the fact that he didn't want to hold her back from her future. I think there, I mean, of course there was a part of him who longed to be in it still with her. And like, I mean, in that, you know, spotlight and to have the success in the career because it was his love. Like he loved his job. He loved what he did. So I sensed like, a, I mean, of course, a teensy ounce of jealousy, but I also sensed a lot of like, she is moving on to good things. She did work hard. She has made it. And like, I want her to go forward. So I did get a sense of community there with him and like, not just thinking about his own ways, which I appreciated from him. Oh, Georgie, George, George, George. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I really love these characters. I, I think they're really well done, well-written characters and for the most part, man. I agree with you. Oh man, Pin. Okay. It's it's just it's just so rare for me to feel this way about two two characters working off of each other in a film. Usually, it's like one character, like in Interstellar, we've got Matthew McConaughey, and in um, and in uh, heck, there will be blood. You've got Daniel Day Lewis's character, and it's like really strong performances, really good studies. But like this is a study that's like symbiotic, and yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, if uh, neither of you has anything else to say, I think it's time we score this sucker. Woo! This is my first uh, time submitting an answer to the scorometer, so I yeah. am quite thrilled. All right. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Thank you, Tristan. Yeah. So um, uh, I think the the big thing earlier I said is kind of how um kind of how George gives us little inkling of help to someone who needs it in his industry and it grows and grows and grows into something that eventually helps him at the end I mean I just talked about this <laughs> off recording with Macy but <laughs> th this this movie and what I learned from a, a lesson like that is why I rank it at a 90 um this is a really great film and it's number 24 on my top 30 list um and i think that it um I, there's probably movies that i'll rank you know that i'll rank a little bit lower even that is higher on my list but that's why i rank it this way nice well i have a score as well and it's not as high as yours and i do apologize because i know you love this movie but it's to. not a low score necessarily so my thought process truly and i just can't sway from it if i don't want to pick up the movie and watch it regularly i can't really score it that high for me personally like i just mm -hmm. i need to be able to pick it up and enjoy it and feel like this is a good watch like it's nice it's fun it's i don't know enjoyable and this was an enjoyable movie but i wouldn't it wouldn't be a go-to, it wouldn't be a regular watch. It would be a sometimes watch, you know, maybe. And I did appreciate it and I do think it did teach me a lot. So I would say I can't give it a B or higher because I wouldn't pick it up a lot. So, and I did think about this, I'm gonna give it a 79 because I do think it was really well done. Um, I do. I really think it was a smart movie. I think the whole team who created this was pretty genius in a lot of ways. Um, I think it was executed well. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I just would not pick it up frequently enough to make it an 80 or higher. So my score is a 79. Cool. That's surprising. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, all the things you said were really good about it. So, But I wouldn't pick it up every day. This is... I'm, Never mind. I don't want to be too controversial on my first <laughs> podcast. You're good. Okay. I was going to say this isn't the movie Trolls. <laughs> oh, dear. I uh, love that movie. It's not good. He's just ben, a brand. Ben, what did you score it? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I'm going to give my build up before I give it. Um, <laughs> so, in a way, this movie, uh, I kind of uh, alluded to this um, off the podcast uh, a minute ago. Uh, but this movie reminds me a lot of Birdman, um, starring Michael Keaton. Um, not in terms of like content or anything, um, but it's a movie that decides to take a very unique uh, stylistic way of making the movie to tell an interesting story. 
uh, about an egocentric main character who is unwilling to evolve and grow with his industry. What? Oh, snap. <laughs> unwilling. He was. Don't even at the end. Him. At the end, uh, he was willing, but it okay. took him a while to get there. Uh, in my mind, there are a lot of connections. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I would say he's the dog man because he had that Jack Russell. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think this would be a dog movie, did you? <laughs> no. Um, I don't think it works as well as Birdman. Uh, I was also a big fan of Birdman. Um, I think a lot of things about this movie are done really well. I think it's directed well. Um, I think like 90% of it is written well. Um, I did not like the ending. Um, and again, I, I just didn't like George's character very much. Um, I think the music is incredible. Um, so I've got the composer's name pulled up. Uh, Ludovic uh, Borci, Borci. Uh, he won an Oscar for his score. Absolutely well-deserved. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I really cannot give this film a high score um, because the ending was bad. Um, and I think that, honestly, the film tries so hard to humanize George throughout the entire movie. And I don't think they do a very good job of it. Feel free to disagree with me all you want to, but that's what I think. Um, I think everything about the everything else about the film, though, is pretty great. Um, I see why it won a bunch of Oscars, and I see why a lot of people like this. I personally was not a huge fan, um, but yeah, I'm going to give it a 70. Harsh. It's also a film about Hollywood, so it's going to get some awards. It just happens. It's like making... It's like it's like um, I guess these days making a film about civil rights or slavery. Like it's just a hot topic. It's gonna it's gonna get some awards, you know. Anyway, um, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, uh, we get a <laughs> final score. Ooh, Tristan, I'm so sorry. It's uh, a final score of a seventy nine point six seven. I was close. Uh, that's yeah, unfortunate. Right. Well, Price is Right rules, uh, I do win, actually, by 67 cents. Good job. Sorry we're drinking the Haterade. I don't (laughs) think it deserves that score, but it is what it is. Sassy. It rounds up to an 80. I think it deserves higher than that. I I think this is a film that... Individual scores. I think this is a film that earned... Just to to throw it out there, I think it earned the, um, the awards it got. Actually, I will point this out. The Google score was 3.9 out of 5, and I'm not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure that would almost perfectly equate to a 79.67. How how far off am I, Ben? That's about right. 0.1. Oh, really? I'm off by 0.1. Yeah, that's about right. That's crazy sauce. Well, we are the average Google uh, viewer, apparently. Just a bunch of normal people having opinions. Sounds yeah. like Google to me. Google reviews. All right. Well, this is not an ad. Apparently, uh, we have been Google reviews this week. Uh, Tristan, ask me what we're watching next week. And what are we watching next week? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, we are watching. Ooh, it's an A24 film. That's exciting. Yes, sir. Uh, it is 2019's The Farewell. Yes, uh, sir. Directed and written by Lulu Wang. Uh, and I don't know anything about it, but the fact that it's an A24 film, that excites me. Uh, it should. Listening, uh, A24 is one of the podcast's favorite um, movie studios doing such great films as Swiss Army Man, uh, Eighth Grade. Uh, Midsummer. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. All these are all films that we've talked about uh, and on our previous podcast. Too. Why are we doing yeah. summer on here? Yeah, yeah. Well, eight, I mean, eighth grade we didn't, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, I'm sure it'll be a great episode. Uh, be sure to tune in next week for that. Um, also, uh, important thing next week. Next week's our 50th episode, which is pretty exciting. So uh, definitely be sure to tune in for that. That's not quite our one-year anniversary yet, but we'll also be celebrating that here in a few weeks. So you'll 
definitely want to be around for that. Uh, but yeah, be sure to keep up with us on social media uh, at Vider Media on all the platforms. Uh, we've got new episodes with Setting the Skeen every Wednesday. And Tea with Doug G is back, finally. Uh, so you can check out new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night at 9 on the Vider Media uh, YouTube page and on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. And I'm Macy. And this has been Setting the Skeen. Y'all have a great week.